Kelly. And he sends it back for Keary, who's going to kick over the top. And Manu is unmarked, and the ball bounces perfectly. Electric footy from the Roosters. Thursday night saw our Roosters take on the Premiership contenders, the Broncos. With our season hanging by a thread, the boys needed a strong performance to match it with the NRL heavyweights. Some early errors and penalties helped the Broncos get off to a flyer, and before we knew it, it was 20-0 walking into the sheds. The only bright note on what was a disappointing performance was Daniel Tupu crossing the stripe for his 140th try, a new club record. Saturday afternoon and it was our ladies' turn as they headed down to our nation's capital for the first ever women's NRL home game for the Raiders. Led by former Roosters Zahara Tamara and Samima Talfa, the Raiders got out to an 18-0 lead before the Roosters responded with three quick tries. Our women's team, like their male counterparts, were guilty of a number of errors and the Raiders made them pay six minutes from full time with a match winner putting to bed any hope of a grandstand finish. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Roosters Radio. Joining me in the studio is producer Pat and Patty. I got a say, mate, last weekend, not much to crow about in Rooster Town. Well, good day, Silky, and good day, listeners, and welcome to another week of Roosters Radio. You're not wrong, Silky, I mean... Zero from two. It's not great, is it? Not a great weekend to be a rooster. Both coaches in their press conferences after the match, disappointed was the word that was thrown around. And that's off the back of a number of errors. And uh, yeah, just unrooster-like football. Yeah, well, I'll touch on the men's game first. We completed at 66%, yeah, which we speak about it every week. And that's just not NRL standard. And you're not going to win games, especially against a team like the Broncos. They're going to make you pay. Pure and simple, Pat. Yep, that's exactly right. And obviously, speaking of the Broncos, they've got such a young, electric team. Reese Walsh, I thought, just ripped us through the middle. And our effort was there, like always. Teddy was always trying, and so was the team. But that's the most worrying thing for me, is we're giving 100% with the roster we have, and it's just not clicking. So I think with our attack, we need to have a good look at it. I know in the NRL, a lot of teams play the same structure. You have your middleman who gives it out to the half, who runs a block play out the back. We seem to be doing it and just not creating any space. We've seen Kiri in the past. He's been one of the best players at creating space for those outside men, but it just doesn't seem to be working this year. And I'm not sure if it's teams are just defending it because it's been our structure for a while or we're not just clicking into play. I'm, I'm not too sure. Paddy, I hosted Upper East Leagues on Thursday night. Uh, we had the reserve grade team there. And just a shout out to uh, our New South Wales Cup boys who had a great win over, I think, the second place Bulldogs at Belmore on Friday night. We had uh, we had the company of all the reserve grade team up there and they were having a feed. And I got a, uh, the opportunity to have a chat with both our coaching staff and the players. But I, I pulled up um, Drew Hutchison, who was... Uh, uh, playing Reggie's last week, and I actually asked him the question, you know, if he's been part of this squad, mm. you know, what's he put it down to? Obviously, we know we're not clicking, and he said, look, simply put, we're just not scoring enough tries, and our defence has let us down. And, like, that's, that's I Well, suppose, that's what the, we're built on, yeah, isn't it, Roosters? It's like, the that's, the, that's just the God's honest truth, right? We're not scoring enough points, and we're letting too many in. Well, we are the worst attacking team in the comp this year, statistically, which I haven't checked the stats, but I wouldn't say we've been that for the last, probably since I've been alive. Yeah, I was going to say at least Since 1999, yeah. So that's worrying. I think Hargraves was really unlucky with that penalty on Payne House. I think he led from the front like always. And you know what I'd love to see? I'd love Dylan Napper to get a shot 
back in first grade. I think those two together would just bring back a bit of nostalgia for the both of them. And I just think it would lift Hargraves to a whole other level, having that experienced head like Napa there, who's probably a bit more composed and a bit more experienced now. What do you think of that? Look, we interviewed Dylan Napa up at the Captain's Club a couple of weeks back, and it was a really good interview, I've got to say. But he was very open and honest about uh, you know where he's at, his desire to want to have one more game, just yeah. just one more game in first grade, and just probably to, to finish off his career. I, I sense there was a little bit of regret in what he had to say, um, and you know he would have done things a little bit differently. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Look, the game's changed too. Like Dylan's a big guy, yeah, he is. Um, who would put on those big hits, like some of those hits that he used to put on are probably illegal now. <laughs> I think you know? definitely so, illegal. Look, yeah, I, I, I get the sentiment, and maybe if results don't go our way, the next couple. It don't matter towards the end. And maybe Dylan does get his farewell in front of a home crowd, uh, maybe against the Tigers. Who knows? But, yeah. I, I I mean, look, I, I, I like Dylan. I, I hope he gets an opportunity. But, yeah, who knows? That's up to the coaches. Well, I just think it would be good to give him a shot. He played 70-odd minutes on that Friday night's game yep. for, for New South Wales Cup. So, I, know I, I would love to see him have that farewell, but I don't mean just give him one for the sake of it. But I just think it would be good to have that experience and level head. I love Fletcher Baker. I think he's a great player. But I think bringing in someone like Dylan Napa to, to have that experience in those gritty games against the top teams. Mate, for me, it's it's our errors, Paddy. Look, mm. we and I watch this week in, week out, in and around the ruck, repeat sets, fourth and fifth tackles, giving the opposition a new set of six. Like that's they're the ones that hurt us. We piggyback teams down the field, and it's something like we've addressed this on the show over a number of years. Uh, it's only now that because we haven't been able to score points, that yeah, those right. that, that it really shows, right? And I, I don't know what the penalty count ended up. But it was all one way it in was, the first half. It was 8-7. There were a few square-ups. Oh, there would have been square-ups in the second yeah. half for sure. But I, I, I can't recall us getting a penalty in the first half. Yeah. And that's what happened for them to score their first two tries. I think it was it was like 10-0 or 12-0 after about 10 minutes. Really so, early. Um, we were in trouble from there. I thought if we could have gone in 14-6 at half time, um, but unfortunately that we got pulled back for the block play there. Um, Billy Smith running on the outside shoulder. And then they went and scored up the other end. So we go into the sheds at 20-0, and look, it was over then, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I, I saw a lot of comments about roosters and the referees and things like that. But look, I thought there were a few maybe dodgy calls, but you don't lose by the margin we did from the back of a referee's performance. So I don't think that's an excuse. A few mentions on a brighter note, Nat Butcher, 44 tackles. He's just a workhorse. Daniel Tupo, 153 metres, and, and of course broke that all-time try-scoring record for the roosters. So a few highlights there from a pretty uh, sombre night. Just quickly, Paddy, Egan Butcher obviously went off once again with a head injury, which is a concern. Did you think that Reynolds had a bit of uh, help in in that tackle? You know, when he had the forearm on the head. I'm just at the club. A few people commented. On it. I thought it was kind of fair play, but if you watch the replay, there was a bit of forearm into the head. He made contact with the head, and uh, I don't think he got penalised for it. But uh, you know, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, look, I think if it was a big forward, it would have been all hell broken loose. But ten, I think I bend. think those little fellas kind of tend to get away with it, you know, and I think Reynolds traditionally isn't a real grubby player, no malice in it, so, look, I mean, it's... Six again play on. Yeah, six again play on, but I guess, again, if it was Hargraves or Radley, they'd be on the sideline for the rest of the year, but yeah. <laughs> that's just what we've got to deal with, I guess. And Pat, just back to your point on Toops, obviously 140 tries, 
played his first game of first grade, I think, all the way back in 2011. He's been at the club a number of years. He's been a great servant to the club, and like a fine wine, seems to be getting better with age. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing Toots for a number of years now, mm. uh, and a nicer man you will not meet. And for him to get those accolades and get that record, I think I saw somewhere one of the Roosters players said it'll be decades before anyone beats oh, that. Yeah, and absolutely. so I just want to congratulate on behalf of all Roosters fans to Toops. Well done, mate. And may the tries continue to fall because I'd love to see you get over 150. And, you know, who knows? We've got you for another year, mate. So scoring plenty of tries. Good luck to you. Such a big part of my Roosters support. Obviously, since since I was bored, I've been a Roosters man, and I remember the the try in 2013. Yeah, the try jumping in over 2018. The, wolf, the, the what was his name? The wolf. The Wolfman. Yeah, the Wolfman. Uh, David Williams, I think Something it was. Like that, yeah. Um, when thinking of so many memories of the Roosters, Daniel Tupo springs to mind for mine, and just those important tries in the big games, and obviously some Origins as well. And he's done everything in the game, Paddy. He so he's played Origin, he's played for Australia, he's played for his motherland Tonga. You know, so he's ticked all the boxes, and he's won three premierships. So. When he calls full-time on his career, he'll look back at it, and I dare say he'll be pretty close to, you know, next time we talk about teams of the century. Absolutely. When we look about wingers. Like, we've got some really great wingers um, who've played at our club. You know, Bill Mullins has been, you know, he's one of the names uh, talked about in the next Hall of Fame. inductees to the Hall of Fame. So, you know, Toops has scored more tries than all of them, albeit over a longer period of time. But, you know, in years and years and years to come, people will remember the name Daniel Tupu. Well, Silky, moving on to the women's game now. And again, not a result we wanted. And nice. we, we nearly did crawl back that grandstand finish you spoke of. But just the poor start and the handling errors. And to be honest, our defense in that first half was really poor. Look, John Strange, uh, not one to mince his words, uh, was quite open in the press conference. He said it was substandard. He was, said it was embarrassing. I've seen the interviews this week with Millie Boyle and uh, Isabel Kelly and, and both of them also acknowledge that it was not a Roosters performance. Uh, the good news is is the short turnaround time, but I didn't see that coming, I'll be really honest. I thought we were going to put a score on them. Look, the Raiders came to play. Of course, it's their first NRL home game. Uh, you know, a new club in the NRLW this year. But, yeah, we were poor. We were real bad. Drop balls, poor handling all yeah. around. Our defence was missing. Obviously, it didn't help Jess Sergis not playing. Um, she was ruled out prior to the kickoff. So, uh, you know, a, a bit of movement there. But to go down 18-0 in such a short period of time um, would have been concerning for Coach Strange. Yeah, it's, it was just one-on-one tackles. You know, you, you, there's no real well, excuse for reads. it. It's just bad reads or one-on-one tackles where it was just weak. But like you said, Millie Boyle said, we expect more out of each other. We didn't play as a team. So I think she summarised it pretty well. I think Zahara Tamara... Tore us apart, to Great be honest with you. Game. She had a blinder of a game. So she played really, really well. And just our goal kicking as well. If you add the, the three goals we missed, it's really a much closer game than it probably should have been. So if you're going to take a silver lining from it all, it's that considering how poorly we played, it was only a one-try difference, I believe. Well, they got beat by 10, I think, in the end. But we yeah, missed three got, conversions. Got, but conversions didn't help. But uh, look, as I said, uh, Thursday night they get to right the ship as it were when they take on the Dragons who like our Roosters women are one and one yep. so uh, a mouth-watering uh, match-up there on Thursday night yeah Silky I'm looking forward to the double header Thursday night well that's right Paddy and I cannot wait well you're on Roosters Radio and when we come back we'll be talking all things Gotcha for Life Cup with founder and director Gussie Warland you're on Roosters Radio and we'll be back right after this 
Welcome back to Roosters Radio. And we've got a very special guest on the line. He's a mad Roosters tragic. And this week, he is the man behind the Gotcha for Life Cup. Former radio personality, now the top man at the Gotcha for Life Foundation. It's the one and only Gussie Wallen. Gus, welcome to Roosters Radio once again. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Gus, we're going to talk football, but I'd like to first open the conversation by talking about the importance of this match. And before we do that, talk about some of the stats in and around suicide in Australia. Yeah, look, absolutely. And some of your listeners may know these, but every time I sort of talk about them, they, they all shock me. We lose seven blokes a day every day in Australia to suicide. We lose two women a day every day to suicide. So that's nine Aussies that wake up this morning that won't wake up tomorrow morning and they would have right. taken their own life. And on top of that, we have 65,000 people attempt suicide a year in Australia. So that's one every few minutes. So if you combine all those sort of things up, seven men, two women, 65,000 over the year, it shows you what sort of problem we have, um, firstly. And then secondly, on top of that, the number one way to die if you're a young Australian male is is suicide, aged between 15 and 44. I stood up in front of the Rooster squad and staff yesterday morning at Allianz Stadium. Uh, Robbo asked me to come in and talk to the players about you know, the jersey on the weekend, on Thursday night and so forth. And I said, look, a lot of people in here are aged between 15 and 44. The number one way to pass, boys, is suicide. So it's not just talking about it and getting awareness anymore. We need to actually action things. And that's why I'm so pleased that, firstly, the State of Origin series, Gotcha for Life, was a proud charity partner. But uh, just as importantly, the Roosters and Manly have taken on this game and said, yeah, let's Let's raise some funds and with those funds really get stuck into building some mental fitness, some emotional muscle and let's make sure that this generation is the last one to have those sort of stats. Yeah, the mind boggles when you when you kind of talk to those numbers. But Gus, the Gotcha for Life Foundation was started after your mentor and dear friend passed away. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about that story? Yeah, um, he was a great mate of mine. I, I loved him. He was about 10 years older than me. Um, he was sort of like a father figure, a big brother. He was my cousin's boyfriend, then my cousin's husband, and I ended up working for him. I did my year 10 work experience with him. I just loved him. You know, every time I had any sort of dramas or questions uh, before work around personal stuff, I'd ask him any work, work stuff, I'd ask him. And I was working for him, actually, over in the UK for Toshiba selling laptop computers. I was 38 years of age and um, I got the phone call. I was actually on the golf course. I was about to be best man at a mate's wedding. It was a Saturday morning in England and they told me that he had died and I actually um, I actually couldn't quite believe it because um, he just seemed like the type of bloke that would live forever. You know, just everyone's got one of those these blokes in their group of mates who just seems to tick all the boxes and he always has all the answers. He's just a champion and at the end of that conversation, I ended up finding out that he'd actually taken his own life. Um, so it was a double whammy. Simple fact is that I lost a mentor and someone that I would call a father figure gone. And he left three beautiful children, his wife, and all these just people wondering what the hell's going on. And everyone at the funeral not quite sure what was going on. Everyone asking why. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Everyone just trying to work it all out. And Simple fact is that he didn't leave a note, and so we're only guessing, but with all the work that I've done with Gotcha for Life since I did the Man Up program and all the work I've done in suicide prevention, 
I think I've worked it out that he he found it sort of easier to take his own life than actually ask for help because he'd been told all his life to take a teaspoon of cement, harden the fuck up, or just don't drag people into your negativity. And in the end, he died so sadly by worrying alone about everything. Gus, I watched a TED Talk of yours from earlier in the year, which you can find on the Gotcha for Life website, and I recommend all the listeners go and check that out, a very powerful talk. And you speak about a goal of zero suicides, and yeah, that is a a big task, but you talk about if you can find that one mate, that one friend that's Gotcha for Life in your own village, whether that be your friend, family member, work colleague, that are always there for you through those times and vice versa, we can achieve that goal. Can you just talk us through the name Gotcha for Life? Yeah, so I, I didn't know what to call the foundation when I first started. So I thought, well, you know, when someone says, you know, we, we're talking about something and you just go, yeah, gotcha. You know what I mean? It just comes naturally to Aussies to say that. So I just wanted someone who just goes, you know what? I've got you, brother, no matter what, you know, just thick and thin. I will never judge you. I just, I just love you. And I just want you to tell me what's going on because everyone's going through stuff. You don't have a deep and meaningful conversation every time you talk or you don't have a, you know, you don't burst into tears every five minutes, but you've got to have that person in your life that you can have that conversation with. And what you're talking about there is having your village around you, people that you love and trust and you can talk to about anything. So that's really what I'm asking people to think about is that if you think about the problem with mental fitness or mental health as a worldwide problem, it's probably too big to deal with. But if Mm. you just bring it down to your group of mates, your family, the people that you love and trust, and you might have a, a work village and a and, and, and a home village or a mate's village, just look after those people. Just let those people know that, that you're there for them and share a bit of vulnerability yourself. Let them know how you're feeling and that might open up a discussion where you go, you know what, it's a little bit deeper than just talking about the footy or talking about work. It's actually, we can talk about absolutely anything without any form of judgment and I want every Aussie guy and girl to have that person they can talk to about anything. Yeah, spot on there, Gussie. Back to the foundation, Gotcha for Life. So how does Gotcha for Life facilitate those conversations? What's it doing in the community to make a difference? Yeah, so we've got facilitators in every state now that go into schools, sporting clubs and businesses and talk about what it takes to be a man and a woman today compared to when the rules were set all those years ago, you know, going into a sports club and just saying to kids, you know, what are the rules now of what it takes to be a man and a woman? You know, it's very confusing out there for them. Plus, they're getting brought up by a whole lot of parents that were brought up in a very different world to the world that they're growing up in. So there's a lot of miscommunication and a lot of communication that really at the moment is just no good at all for anyone, for the parent as well as the kid or for the coach compared to the players. So we just try to give them those skills. And I, I, I talk about getting mentally fit and giving you emotional muscle to do that, giving you exercises, just like getting physically fit in the gym. We want to have the we want to have the mental fitness up of people in Australia. And really, what can I tell young kids? What can I tell guys of our age? What can I tell everyone? What can I tell them that will make them go, you know what? I'm not going to worry alone. I'm going to stick my hand up and I'm going to ask for help. That's really the basics of it. How can I get someone that I love to ask for help because at the moment we're worrying alone about it so much. I've been so lucky over the last few years to talk to a lot of people that have tried to take their life and they're still with us. And the three things that come out of those discussions, boys, is this. One, they didn't want to die. Two, they're bloody tired. And three, they're in pain. 
So if you combine combine tiredness and pain um, for a long enough period of time, you can make a really, really poor decision. So that's what I'm trying to do. Get to people before they get too tired, before they get into too much pain, so they can actually ask for help because help is available. And that's what I'm trying to do is give people um, the help available so they can, you know, stick their hand up and get, get the help that they need. So, Gussie, you're out there at the coalface. You're meeting these people on yeah. a daily or weekly basis. In mm. the in the six or so years that you've started the foundation, what changes have you seen or improvements? Well, look, there's definitely this generation is better off than our generation. Yeah. That's for sure. I'm 54. So, you know, my son's age, sort of 23 and below, they're better than we were. But it's still the number one way to die if you're in that age group. So we've got a lot of work to do. We had a 5.4% drop in suicide last year, which was unreal. And it was so good to to get that. But, you know, we're still double the road toll, still over 3,000 people a year. So, you know, we celebrated for five seconds and then went, right, let's get back to work again. So there's nothing to celebrate at the moment. But we are slowly but surely getting better. And uh, I reckon the generations, my son's generation 23 and the next lot through, will be better than than sort of the 30, 40 and 50 year olds. So we're slowly but surely one generation at the time letting people know it's all right to show your emotion. It's actually the bravest thing you can do to show your emotion where we've been told to man up and shut up. Um, manning up and speaking up now is the way to go. Two guys that have been very open and supportive of the Gotcha for Life Foundation of Teddy and DCE and, and breaking down that stigma and showing their emotion. And I think it's amazing people of their stature are doing that, especially for the younger generation to look up to. How supportive have both of those players been into the organisation? Oh, unbelievable. You know, when when we spoke to them, you know, I just said to them, boys, this is what I'm thinking of doing. They're like, well, just let us know what, how we can help. It was as simple as that. And then I said, well, you know, we're doing this thing for Origin. And at the time, I was thinking they were both going to be captains of their state as they were last year. So we did this photo shoot. They came in, never asked for anything. Very helpful, really easy to work with. Um, and then, of course, going into both clubs and talking to them in the lead up to the Gotcha for Life Cup as well. You know, they really drive that inside of the club. You know, they, they're the ones that talk to the coaches and the players and say, this is what we need to be working on. So, yeah, those two are, A, brilliant blokes, brilliant players, great ambassadors for Gotcha. But really, you know, on top of all that, they get it. They understand it. You know, they've lived through tough times with in, inside their own lives and they realise that they've got a reputation and a, that can really make some changes, just like Steve Smith did when he was going through his stuff yeah. with Sandpaper Gate. We went to 30-odd schools together. He did his 100 hours of community service with me and he changed people's lives and he saw that himself with, with kids coming up to him and talking to him or getting on social media with him afterwards and saying they were going to take their own life if it wasn't for Steve. Like, these blokes have got to understand how bloody powerful they are. Mm. And another proud rooster as well. Absolutely, mate. Yep. <laughs> I tell you, one of, the, one of the funniest discussions Smithy and I ever had was me trying to get out of the car park there at Gosford after we <laughs> had a very ordinary but a good win against someone. I think we beat the Titans or someone, you know, like should have beaten them by 30 and beat them on the bell sort of thing. And Smithy's across in another part of the world just blowing up at, at, to the internet connection, not being able to get the proper <laughs> game on and stuff. And I had to explain to him what was happening and uh, he absolutely loves it, mate. So I, I think Robbo wants him to come in after the Ashes and talk to the boys or maybe the start of next season because um, there's a lot that can be learned across different sports. Yeah, that's you're absolutely right. Now, Gus, obviously when it comes to charity work and NFPs, there's only so much of the pie. So when we talk about raising money, which we're all, 
were all about coming into this uh, match on Thursday night. I suppose one of the questions that gets asked is where does the money go? So do you mind just mm. sharing, you know, with the funds that are raised, how yeah. that goes into programs so that people, when we, you know, put the bucket out there on Thursday night, they, they're going to put their hand in their kick, they know where the money goes? Yeah, I think it's I think it's the probably the biggest problem for most non-for-profits or charities or foundations is that people feel like it's going to go to a big pot and they'll never see their money again. So the, it's a really easy thing for Gotcha for Life. Let's say if someone gave um, – so someone puts on a fundraiser for us, puts you know, on a barbecue or whatever, and we get a couple of thousand bucks, which which is sort of reasonably normal. Yep. That money, that money, that 2,000 bucks stays in that area. Wow. So let's say if you did that in Bondi, mm-hmm. there's two grand there sitting in a kitty, and you might then turn up in a, in a month's time and say, look, I want that to be used down the surf club, yep. or I want that to be used at the local rugby league club, or can you go to the local netball club? So that money stays in that geographical area. So we've got pots all around Australia where people have um, raised money. That money will always stay where the money is raised. That way you know the money stays in your local area. I don't think it can be any simpler than that. And people just go, you know what? Bloody oath, that's exactly what I want. Um, sometimes people raise money and say, hey, I want, I want, you, I want that to look after your uh, admin, let's say, you know, yeah. because that's just what they want. But all the fundraising will absolutely stay in the area where the funds are raised, which I think is the only way you can truly do it. I think that's a really good point you raised because I know both Patty and myself, both born and raised and grew up in the eastern suburbs, uh, a couple of years ago, the way I met Pat was after a, you know, a number of young young men took their lives in the, in the eastern suburbs. So uh, it's good to know that, that the way you just explained it there, the money stays in the area so that yeah. you can, uh, you know, support the people, you know, who, who need it. Now, mate, Thursday night, big match. Uh, I think it's fair to say, Gus, even though last year was the inaugural year, I feel like this year more than <laughs> ever it's 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 the first year. Obviously, last year uh, hijacked by Jumpergate and so on and so forth. But this year, really looking forward to Thursday night. What what can we expect? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it as well. And, you know, the, the Unibet have given Gotcha for Life across the back of the shoulders on the back of the jersey, which we've had before for Sonny Bill when yep. he came back and couldn't be couldn't be sponsored by gambling. I and then saw jo- it in Joey's. New Zealand too, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and Ward in New Zealand and um and Sawali as well. His first debut, he wasn't eighteen yet, so he couldn't wear the uni bet. So his actual debut jersey number twenty one was a had gotcha for life across the back. So that's the same for this um round. And Manly, one of their major sponsors, Shore and Partners have given one of their spots on the jersey for the Gotcha for Life logo. As well as that, Shaw and Partners have thrown in 100 grand. Unibet's thrown in 100 grand. So that's 200 off straight off the bat. And then the jersey um, will be auctioned off as well, both sides' jerseys. So last year, um, it was well over 350 grand, which was unbelievable. 100,000 thrown in on top by Manly because of the debacle around the jersey. They went, you know what, we've sort of hijacked this for reasons that we haven't quite understood so we, we, we're working through that but we want to we want to help out so the three owners of Manly put in 33,000 each so last year in terms of fundraising was an absolute cracker this year I reckon that quarter of a million might be hit again with the jerseys uh, being auctioned off so that money going straight back into rugby league clubs going straight back into sporting clubs from in both areas so there's going to be quite a pot there that we can drag to for sporting clubs that um that need it we want to build the mental fitness up just like the physical fitness that happens quite naturally for cricket clubs sporting clubs 
footy clubs, whatever it might be. So let's build some mental fitness up as well and get the kids that play and the parents that are, that are there watching as mentally fit as possible. Now, speaking of this Thursday night's game, Gus, you're obviously a diehard Roosters fan. and Come on. We've here at Roosters Radio we've been struggling all year to kind of put our finger on what's really gone wrong. Do you, do you have any insight for us? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I've, I've spoken to obviously a lot of people in the game and stuff, and they talk about injuries. But most clubs have injuries. They talk about you know the move to the new stadium and playing at the SCG and Allianz and that being a play. But I think that's all stuff that Robbo and the team would probably be able to deal with quite well with just with their setup and stuff. It's just you can't win all the time. And and I know that sounds like a bit of a simple excuse, but we've been up for so long. I, I was sitting the other day, the Storm, ourselves and Penrith now have joined us. Over the last sort of, you know, 20 years, we've been so successful doing such a great job winning back to back. And I reckon we would have got three in a row if they hadn't changed the rules on us. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on there. But sometimes just players are out of form. Our attack seems to be going sideways, extremely frustrating. They don't seem to be connected at all. But then we come out against the South Sydney and blast them away. Parramatta, great performance. There's been real inconsistency there, and that's the frustrating bit. And, you know, we're not writing our chances off completely, but, you know, obviously if we lose on Thursday night, it is all over. We have to win and hope results go our way. But in Robbo, we trust. I'm certainly one of these blokes that's going to back Robbo and Teddy and and, and the setup there, I'm, I'm I'm certainly not asking for any any heads which seem to be plastered around, you know, media at the moment that this this sort of robo love affair is over. Not not for me. I'm I'm very much sticking to the boys, and I think that's what every good supporter should do: is stick stick thick, no matter what. Couldn't agree more, Gus. He stick thick. I love that quote. So, Gus, before we let you go, uh, if anyone wants to donate, obviously there's also the auctions of the jumpers. Where do people go? Yeah, the auctions will be on straight after kickoff for a couple of days. So that's a no-brainer. And that's going to be at gotchaforlife.org. So if you just go to Gotcha for Life or Gus Gotcha, that'll pop up on the website. And also there's a donate button on the website at gotchaforlife.org as well. So that's nice and easy. And any, any support would be gratefully accepted. We, we really would appreciate it. Well, mate, I know you're very busy. Uh, look, probably we'll catch up with you at some stage there on Thursday. I don't know if you get anywhere near the Captain's Club, but we just <laughs> want to thank you for uh, for joining us on Roosters Radio today. And more importantly, thank you for the great work you're doing, raising the awareness for suicide prevention here in Australia. Hey, no worries at all. It's a pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm actually up in the posh seats with uh oh, You'll with be in Chairman's, mate. On, uh, you'll get up oh, to oh. Chairman's. <laughs> you'll forget about us battlers down there in the Captain's Club. <laughs> you know what I, I don't mind it being behind glass boys it, it doesn't it doesn't upset me at all but hey, it's good to talk to you and thanks for your support no worries mate good luck <laughs> see Great you smoke. later guys Bye, thank mate. you <laughs> Welcome back to Roosters Radio. And Pat, as always, great to talk some serious stuff for, for a moment with Gussie Wallen and the great work that he's doing for the Gotcha for Life Foundation. Yeah, I think it's amazing. And I think it's great the NRL and in particular the Roosters and Manly have really got behind it. Something that's close to my heart and I think a lot of people's hearts. So what he's doing using his platform, I know he spoke about you know Teddy and DCE using their platform, but to use the media experience and the exposure that he has to put it to a good cause is, is credit to him. Well, Paddy, Thursday night, we've got a doubleheader at the SCG. 
We do, Silky. Kicking off with the women's game at 5.40, the Roosters versus the Dragons. Followed by the men's game at 7.50pm, Roosters versus Manly for the Gotcha for Life Cup. How do you see it? Well, let's talk ladies first because they're the early game. Uh, I'll be out there for this one. No two ways about it. Roosters taking on the Dragons. And look, the Dragons are led by former Rooster Racine McGregor. Uh, they had a very big win against uh, grand finalists last year, the Parramatta Eels at 38-12, coached by former Rooster and Dragon in Jamie Soward. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a tough match. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. I think if we just get back to our basics, what Millie Boyle was saying, like we said earlier, we just didn't play as a team. So our completion, I would like to see up at about 80%, and just our one-on-one defense or our, our reads in defense, it comes down to communication. So if we can fix that, we know we've got the players to score points. Oh, 100%. Look, I think Coach Strange would have had uh, some strong words to say to the team this week during the short turnaround. So uh, I don't think they'll put in a performance like that again this year, maybe not this decade. So uh, I think the girls will come out full of fire and brimstone and they will uh, put in a performance that we expect. Uh, and with that I think they're going to win, and uh, I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, you know, they've got points in them. The Dragons, obviously well coached, but uh, I'm going to say it's the Roosters 24, Dragons 20. There you go. Ooh, real close. I'm yeah. going for a bit of a blowout here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, like you said, Strange wouldn't have uh, let that loss slide easily. I'm going to go Roosters 46. What? Dragons 18. Jeez. 46-18. 46-18. Wow. That's yep. impressive, Paddy. Why have you come up with that? Oh, it's just a little gut feeling. Follow your gut, my mum always told me. Okay, fair enough. Right, I mate, then moving on to the men. Kick off at 7.50. Roosters taking on Manly. Gotcha for life, Cup. Bragging rights. It's the only bit of silverware left for us. <laughs> <laughs> How do you see it? I'm really looking forward to this matchup Thursday night. We played Manly not long ago, and yeah. we, we did get beat down at Four Pines Park, but I thought it was one of our better performances of the year. Yep. Uh, Hargraves... Not suspended. Egan Butcher has to pass his HIA, so we'll see what happens there. But I'm really looking forward to the matchups, to be completely honest with you, particularly in the forwards, Ola Kawatu versus Radley or Hargraves. I think it's just mouth-watering. Obviously, Jake Travojevic is one of the best props in the game. So if we can limit DCE, I think that'll be the key to going a long way. Well, here's my take on it. DC played his 300th last week against the Dragons. Yeah. And Manly got home. It was a bit of a stinker of a match, but they yeah. did enough to get home. As a club, they would have had to have got up for that. Like, DCE is such a, a a talisman at that club, right? So, they would have put a lot of energy into that match. I'm thinking we might have got them on the downward slope. Yep. So, it would have been a different setup this week at training and everything else that comes with that. Bit deflated. Bit deflated, yeah. yeah. And then, look, our boys, we had the, uh, we've had a, a good rest Hopefully they've talked this week about you know the errors and in particular some of the discipline. I'm sure Robbo would have had a few choice words to say to the players after the match. He obviously was disappointed in last week's performance. But, I mean, all we want to see is some consistent week-in, week-out good footy from our guys. It's no good doing it, you know, one week or two weeks in a row and then, you know, taking the foot off the pedal. So hopefully we can uh, improve there. And with that, I'm thinking Roosters 24, Manly 14.
yeah, close one, Silky. I don't mind that. I think the key is to put some pressure on DCE's kicking game. Uh, Obviously, he tore one of, one of the last best. game yep. with, his, with his kicking game. So I'd love to see just relentless pressure on him and hopefully start our sets a, a bit more up the field rather than last game. We, we'll start from the 10 or the 20 metre. He just tore us apart. But I'm going to go a closer game, but similar scoreline of Roosters 22, Manly 20. Okay. Well, last game was 18-16, so uh, it was a nail-biter yep. there too. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our very special guest, the one and only Gus Warland. You've been listening to Roosters Radio. East to win. East know how to play the game. They play it hard and fair.